There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast. Dad, you mentioned that you've been talking to your brother and he had a story about the police. Is that correct? Mm. Well, I was chatting with him yesterday. I was sitting in my ute. We chatted mm. for about three quarters of an hour. Okay. I, okay. I like to talk to my brother occasionally. You know, he was um, my flatmate, with uh, as as is in the book. Yeah, it's in the book. Yeah, so he was basically flatting with you. Him and some other guy were flatting mm. with you while you were applying for the police force. Yeah, mm. and yeah. the other guy that um, that was uh, the flatmate. Mm-hmm. Um, regularly, I used to come out of my bedroom, and he'd be lying naked with his girlfriend, that's now his wife, um, which I found disturbing to put it mildly, having all these nude bodies in my little flat. But that aside, my brother Mark, who has always been a pretty good cook, uh, not unlike yourself, Paul. Oh, thank you. You're better than pretty good. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But he very, very kindly, he's the guy that drove me to the bus stop on the very first morning. Interesting. And he actually drove the famous White Holden with the fuzzy dice. And he dropped me at the at the bus stop. Right. And I got onto this bus in the dark in my ill-fitting, ancient, sort of scary uniform. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I was... Oh, and I was 76 kilos. I mean, I was just... I was a rake. And I caught the bus in the dark. Now, you recall, Paul, that um, we got on the bus very early on. In, in fact, it was in the first few days. And they took us to the morgue. And my brother, Mark, he knew mm. that I was going to the morgue. Right. And without telling me, he very, very kindly, he would have been in his late teens at that time, he cooked a magnificent meal for me that night. Now, I have no recollection of this particular tiny, tiny little story, but I think it's fairly poignant and punctuates something that, again, sometimes in life when you experience trauma, there are stories associated with that that you have no recollection of. So I'm sitting with... Or, you know, metaphorically with my brother, I'm chatting in the ute yesterday and he said, John, do you recall I made the most beautiful dinner for you? And it was the day that you went to the morgue. And I said, I have no recollection. He said, well, you came home. He said, you were so upset that you could not eat that night. And I, I find that because I'm a person that can eat under pretty well any circumstances. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can fall asleep under any circumstances and eat whenever. So... Mm. Like yeah, when we went to that restaurant up, you and you remember we were in Brisbane a few weeks ago. I think you may have mentioned it. And between the waitress bringing out 
the first dish. Oh, was this when we were with Jordan from Acast and we ordered dumplings and you... She handed one lot of dumplings, went to get another, came back and they were all gone and she looked at you horrified. Mm. She was so upset. You're not meant to eat that fast. No, I just love... I love eating fast. Yes, I know. Well, look, that's really interesting. I like kind of hearing the stories around the stories um, because obviously the fact that you rocked up on your first day, you know, having caught a bus is just adorable. Mm. Um, but speaking of being back in the force, last week on Loose Units, actually, no, earlier this week, sorry, you told the story of the girl under the train. Mm. Very, very, very intense, very sad story. Mm. I just got a message here from a listener whose name I will withhold at their request. Uh, I'll read it now. Hi, Paul and John. I've been an avid listener since day one and love the chit chat and banter. And Paul, it cracks me up every time you imitate John. Thank you very much, anonymous listener. I just listened to today's episode regarding the lady under the train. It rang home for me as my dad was a train driver for 40 years in New South Wales from steam trains all the way through to the electric XPT. Talking to my dad over the years, he was the driver of many a suicide and unfortunately back in the day, there was no counselling or PTSD support for that type of happening. He said they would stand there on the train tracks and looked at them, the driver as the train hit them, with the driver doing everything in their power to try and avoid the inevitable. Jesus Christ. Mm. There were tough days and nights and weeks and months after those events, and some cruel individuals would even put dolls in particular, Cabbage Patch dolls, on the train lines. How terrible for my dad and his colleagues. But on a brighter note, come do a show on the Gold Coast after lockdown. I'd be there for sure. Thanks for the podcasts. And then uh, they provide their name and say thank you, but I won't read their name because that's, they that's, asked me not to. I can only imagine the uh, the trauma for the the poor drivers. And it's terrifying. Um, you know, when I went on to become sort of involved in forensics, I regularly, in fact, every Wednesday, uh, they used to call for volunteers and I would always, in fact, I was so pumped about going to the morgue to identify unidentifiable humans I just because I regarded it as an extremely important job, but also a challenge. Right. And quite often, I would be given plastic bags, uh, and in those bags were people that had been run over by trains. And um, and I, I've been to to incidents, and so is my brother Mark. When he was in the New South Wales Fire Brigades, he was at a rescue station, mm-hmm. Barara, and he the number of times that they'd be called out to actually pick up bits of humans over very, very big distances that have been hit by train Jesus. trains. And absolutely, you can imagine what happens if you... I mean, getting cut in two, that's, that's obviously horrendous. But yeah. can you imagine just sort of being in front of the train as it hits you and it kind of knocks you underneath? And you can imagine what happens to the human body as it rolls and twists and turns at, at rapid speed. Yeah. And the train, of course, is decelerating. So, in effect, it's sort of, you know, cutting arms and legs, head, chest, brain. Everything's just popping out, generally speaking. And then the poor, well, in my brother's case, it was the fireys who had to go and walk walk the track. And sometimes he'd be doing that at 2 or 3 in the morning yeah. with a torch, just walking along, knowing that at some point on this stretch of track, you are going to come across various body parts, and it was their job. Uh, well, I, I can't say that it was actually their job, but they did it, mm. and they would then get all the body parts that they could possibly find and then, I guess, put them in a pile, maybe put them in or on what's called a salvage sheet, and then the, the government contractors would come along and, look, it's just... And, of course, you hear about all these 
people doing this sort of work and it's you know it's just you've got to spare a thought but the driver thing is just oh god i yeah i just uh i can't imagine it and it's a very it's a double-edged sword of course talking about um that method of taking your own life because we would never ever like to you know give people ideas so that's the sort of where i kind of think i know we do we have to talk about it but you know it's it's terrible to think that people can get to that stage where they just have no hope i know it's it's really tricky and like we said on the episode earlier this week if this stuff is getting to you um we recommend heading across to beyond blue and having Mm. a chat with those guys and paul i went up to get coffee this morning at our local and they're all avid listeners um of loose units and i bought two coffees this morning and one of the sweet guys said to me oh i listened to the the story about the lady under the train and everyone's ears because there are a lot of customers there and everyone's sort of listening quite intently and then he said to me he said can you imagine what it must have been like and i said yes i can i was there and everyone sort of had a bit of a bit of a light laugh because the uh, the irony was sort of realized that yes i can imagine but he could he said to me that he could hear in my voice that i was quite quite upset about the whole thing which i occasionally do get upset when recounting these stories yeah you actually said something to me a couple of days ago that was fascinating and you said that you had a bunch of stories that were in your words incredibly thrilling from your time as a picture hanger which is you know like nowish and i was really curious to see if there was anything you wanted to talk about from your time as a picture hanger on the show because I, I know that lots of people have kind of come up to us at live shows and said look we want to hear about the antiques we want to hear about the picture hanging and you've never actually done that before so if I was to ask you to kind of whip out some exciting picture hanging stories to see if they had legs would you be interested in doing that right now Paul <clears throat> yeah. in a word yes okay um, so it'll be fairly spontaneous because I yeah I mean well I love spontaneity So just a bit of a background for the listeners. I have had a picture hanging business in Sydney for approximately, well, I guess between 15 and 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now, there used to be these films back in the 1970s, Confessions of a Window Cleaner, Confessions of a Plumber. And they were sort of like the carry-on films. They were very sort of slapstick, uh, you know, sort of, very kind of uh, suggestive uh, and very, very popular. And it got me thinking about my life hanging pictures has been so extraordinary, so fascinating. I have been into so many homes in this city and beyond. I have met the complete cross-section of society from... Very, very normal, if we can use that word. People living in tiny apartments to members of the underworld. That I've, and, 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 and just because, for example, you're a member of the underworld doesn't mean to say you can't have really good taste in art. Plus, it's a really cool way to offload some of your excess funds. So we were chatting away and I thought, how about I come up with one story? to tantalise the listeners. And if the listeners like it and if we feel as though it's got legs, Paul, maybe we could 
perhaps incorporate them into future podcasts. So I will start by saying that I've had seven Hilux Utes. And one morning on the northern beaches, I came out to hop into my ute and it was gone. Now, I don't know whether anyone has had that experience where you walk into where the car was. You know it was there and it is just absolutely not there. And on this particular occasion, I had all my very expensive tools in the back of the ute. And I had about $200 in the little, like, you know, cigarette container in the car. Mm -hmm. And the car was stolen by, as it turned out, it was a gang of highly professional car thieves. They had stolen the ute that I owned. My Toyota Hilux was the 165th ute they'd stolen in Sydney. And they were operating what's called a, a cut and tuck where they they kind of cut, they, they, they cut cars in two and they amalgamate fronts and backs and they do all sorts of things. They're operating, operating out of a smash repair place in the inner west of Sydney and they were caught, which made it good for me in that I got a replacement vehicle, but all my tools run insured. So I went to um, a very good hardware store and I replaced all my electric power tools and it was a lot of money involved, <clears throat> probably about two grand. And when I got my brand new tools on that very, very day, I had a particularly big hanging job. Now, I'd worked for these clients before, but they just relocated. Now, the couple, he was probably number two in the, uh, in let's just say, a very, very big church, one of the main denominational churches in Australia. You mean Hillsong? <clears throat> no, I'm talking about the ma- the major churches, like okay. A- Anglican, Methodist, certainly not Catholic because he was married. He okay. is married. His wife's a doctor. So could be married the- to God, you know, like a nun. Well, <clears throat> yep, true. Um, so I I organized to go to their new place, which was brand new. So they had lived in, I guess you'd call a rectory which, as you know, is accommodation normally that adjoins a church. And like in River, like a- remember um, the Vicar show, what was that, the English show? Oh, the Vicar of Dibley. Correct. So you know how yes. she kind of lived in situ. Yeah. Um, so that, that is a situation that, that did pertain to this particular couple. Now, he is extremely erudite. He's, he's an intellectual. He's highly cultured. We got along very, very well. And the two of them, now the wife's a doctor and she's very kind of, I don't like to make, I don't sort of like to speak in cliches, but she's got horn-rimmed spectacles. She's very kind of, what's a really good way of describing her? I guess she looks like a sort of scholarly academic involved in research. I know I'm talking cliches here, everyone, but I'm trying to sort of create this 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 image of this particular woman. My description of these two people is very, very important to the story. Okay. So we, I'll say we, I go to the brand new, never ever lived in, magnificent apartment that they have just moved into. So 
This apartment is near the airport, and it was stunning. It was zen, and it was an unusual building in that it had the main tower, shall we say, but at the back of the building was a like a minimalist cube, single story, that just kind of went off the back of the building and it was surrounded on three sides by manicured lawns. Very unusual. And this was part of their apartment. So I rock up. I've got my brand new tools. And this this story is so fucking unbelievable. Um, we, all, we all knew each other. I go inside. I am confronted with a massive hanging job. When I say massive, I'm talking maybe between 40 and 50 paintings plus mirrors. It's the mm-hmm. entire collection. And it was a serious collection. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I make my way to this kind of zen, minimalist, um, sort of three-sided glass cube. And in that cube is their bordering on priceless Steinway piano. Stunning. And why is a why is a Steinway piano so so notable? Well, they're bloody expensive. This yes, one was what, like well, why? I mean, what is well, it about a Steinway? Okay, well, all the greatest pianists on earth, because as you know, I worked at the Sydney Opera House and at the Opera House they've got what's called the this sounds so cool, they've got what's called the um the piano storeroom where they have Steinway Yamaha all the greatest pianists on earth, generally, when they go to an opera house, for example, they choose either a Steinway or a Yamaha. Okay, they're just regarded as as, as the bee's knees for pianos. I mean, obviously, if you're a travelling pianist, you don't bring your piano with you. The plane would wouldn't be able to take off. Uh, that's a slight exaggeration, unless it was a tiny plane. Then you'd have to have a tiny piano. Um, God, I'm laughing at myself, Paul. So, 
Anyway, so what I do, I I got them round. I was kind of really excited and I said, and I showed them my brand new drill and I said, as I opened it up, this is an exciting day and they must have thought, you are such a wanker. And I said, this drill is about to, and I gave them a bit of a backstory as to how I came to have this brand new drill because the other one had been stolen. Yeah. And I said, I am about to drill the very first hole with this drill. And I made a real song and dance of it. Which is odd because, I mean, really, who cares, right? No, but Paul, I... No, me, why, would the, little... why would they care is what No, I'm but, saying. well, you know, I cared and I thought it was a little bit exciting because that's how my brain works. Okay. And I even had a special drill bit. So, so what- you, you tell the extremely rich people with a glass cube with a Steinway in it, guys, guys, I'm about to use this drill for the first time. Yes. What is, their, what is their reaction to that? Well, they also are mildly eccentric. Right. Now, they're either humouring me mm-hmm. or they genuinely thought, and I know they think I'm a nice guy, but here's the thing. The Steinway piano, mm-hmm. you can open the top up. So it creates, shall we say like a giant mouth. That's not the best analogy. Oh, no, I get it because, you know, pianos have uh, keys which look like, look like teeth. Ball. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You need to visualize because this is very important. This is a very important part of the story. Uh-huh. The top of the piano has been yes. opened up yes. as though to receive a, a large gift. Mm-hmm. Now, all over the piano that they proudly showed me, and you might say to yourself, why would they show me or tell me about what they're about to, sh- what I'm about to tell you, at the same way I told them about the drill, okay? So there was a little bit of ceremony. I mean, he is a, he's a member of the, he, he's a man of the cloth, and there's a bit of ritual, and for me it was the drill, uh-huh. okay? You with me? You're following me? Yes. So... <laughs> Your voice doesn't sound that sort of... Just keep going. So, I mean, this is a really big story. So, do you have any idea where the story is going at this stage? I have no, I have no idea. Well, no. that's so exciting. Good, because obviously the listeners don't either. But just bear with me. So, I have to hang a very, very, very large seascape, original oil painting, on this wall, obviously. So, I'm getting ready to do this and they're telling me about this medieval music that was written on vellum, which is pigskin. Now, we're talking priceless manuscripts, okay? And they're, they're just, it's, this is medieval, like music from maybe the, the 12th century. I mean, can you just, these are museum pieces of music. He is a scholar. And they're showing me all this vellum, and it's just so, it's like, should be in a museum, but it's not. It's on their Steinway piano. Mm-hmm. The Steinway piano has the, its big top open. <clears throat> I said to them, and they're kind of almost gathered around. It was almost theatrical because I, I, like I just, that's how it was. And I'd done all my calculations on where this one hole was going to be now it was going through rendered brick and i began to drill now this particular hole was unusually high up so instead of standing on a stool i just reached up and it was kind of about mm, 
Well, it was, if I put my hand above my head and almost stand on my toes, that's kind of the height of the hole. Okay. But it was okay because I'm using a fantastic brand new drill with a brand new drill bit. I start drilling into the concrete and all of a sudden the drill just sort of hit what I would describe as a void and the entire drill went through and I thought, yeah, that's that's okay. But then when I pulled the drill out, what followed was the most extraordinary cascade of high-pressure water. It was like there was a firefighter yeah. standing in the room with a nozzle on full bore. A wave of water cascaded into the mouth of the piano. So all the water... I can feel my heart tightening up as I tell this story. All the... And we're talking a shitload. If anyone's ever hit a water main, this is exactly mm-hmm. what was happening. Well, it's saying here that a large... Steinway costs about 171,000 USD. Quarter of a million Australian. Yeah. I, rest my, I rest my case. So there's water pouring into a quarter of a million dollar piano yeah, while not you're only in a glass that, cube. The oh. vellum, the fucking vellum. And I'm watching this ancient ink yeah. vanish right. <laughs> off all the vellum. Oh my God. The, the beautiful, oh, that's the French clock could be a sign of a great story in progress. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Paul. Yep. All the medieval beautiful quavers and semi-quavers mm-hmm. were just vanishing. We were left with white vellum only. I could see the little notes sliding away, swimming away. Now, at this point, I mentioned that this gentleman was and still is a member of the clergy. One of the highest ranks. I don't like to use the word rank, but he's right up there. Yeah. Okay? He then began to utter some profanities which would have made a sailor in the 18th century blush. Mm -hmm. The words that were coming out of his mouth as he literally... He was screaming at me. He went purple. Right. I then began to be aware of this blur. There was something buzzing around the room and I couldn't quite make out what it was because it was moving so quickly. It was like a miasma. That was the wife. She was literally unraveling in front of me. Oh, you would. Yeah, of course. They've just moved into this apartment. Brand new. I have hit what appears to be a water main. The, 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 the intensity of the water coming out was so scary. And guess what I did? What? I reached up almost on my, I was going to say tippy toes, but I won't say that. My tip toes. And I inserted my left index finger yep. into the hole. 
There's a story about a Dutch boy who sticks his thumb into the dike, which is a kind of like a retaining seawall because mm. uh, the Netherlands are completely flat. Correct. And there's a wall stopping the ocean from coming mm. in. Mm. Uh, hello, global warming. And basically, there's this kind of proverb about this kid who sticks his thumb in there and kind of saves Holland. Mm. So it's ironic because you have Dutch lineage. So I what do. you're saying is you sort of impromptu became that kid. Mm. And it was amazing. And it was almost the most... I Even though I was in a rather uncomfortable position, yeah. what I had managed to do is that I'd managed to stop this incredible leak. But right. I'd already caused major damage to the piano, the ancient medieval music, the floor, and they were pretty upset. But I stopped the, the, the torrent mm-hmm. of water and I, I, I actually felt slightly relieved now i was so stressed and then i began to realize everyone <clears throat> that i'd let my insurance policy lapse ah oh, shit mm. and i began to fear that my life as i knew it was going to basically end in a bad way i was right. fucked Financially, I'd be fucked in every way. Yeah. So I called him over and I said, look, every single house, every apartment, probably in Australia, has got a tap, probably in the kitchen, probably under the sink. If you find that tap and turn it, you will turn the water off. Meanwhile, I've got my finger in this fucking hole. And he's he's just... He's literally having a nervous breakdown. His wife was, she was ratchet. She was basically useless. She was traumatized beyond belief. And rightfully so. And possibly because she'd never heard her husband speak in such a way using such profanities either. Of course, of course, yeah. And he's running around. I could hear this clinging and clanging. Bearing in mind they've only been in the apartment for 24 hours and he could not. He came, he kept, he came back and he said, I can't find it. I said, it has to be there. And he, he'd run back and then... Anyway, as I'm leaning against the, the wall, I'm, I'm literally starting to... I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get tired. I'm, stuff, I'm starting to suffer from some fatigue. Sure. And I had to sort of assume this. I was sort of moving my body around because I had to keep my finger in the hole. Mm. And imagine it's at the very extended top reach. So it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, and of then, And then what I did was inadvertently I put my ear, just for a second, up against the wall. Yeah. And you know what I could hear? Water. I could hear water bubbling past me in the cavity. Right. And then I so began... It, <laughs> hang on. It's, it's, let me just... Okay, so let's say you've hit a pipe, right? Mm. Yep. And then you've withdrawn the drill, the water flows out, you put your finger in the wall, mm. presumably the the pipe isn't flush with the wall, so I'm guessing the water is now filling the 100%. wall cavity. Brilliant. Shit, okay. Now that can't that can only go on for so long. Well, it went on for about we're talking a lot of water. Yep. We're talking about a relatively thin Finite cavity. Space. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Turns out that it was double brick. Okay. So there's a cavity in between. Yeah. But I could hear the cavity mm. filling. And I knew that... Oh, look, I just... Oh, it was it was a terror. I, I actually... I, I wished... I know this is going to sound really kind of ridiculous, but I almost wished I hadn't been born. I felt so sick. And I had to stop myself vomiting because of the stress. 
because it was so traumatic. It was the worst thing that could possibly happen to to anyone in that profession. And anyway, then I could hear the water and then eventually I couldn't hear the water anymore, which meant that the water had gone way past my ear and it travelled right to the top of the ceiling. And then can you guess what happened? What? The water began to cascade and fill the ceiling cavity, literally. It so it's, filled, now, it's, now, it's now overhead as it's, well. It's in, it's, it's, not only is it overhead, but it has mm. travelled throughout the entirety of this 100-square-metre apartment. Right. And at a certain point in time, the gyprock mm-hmm. begins to, let shall we say, leak. And then it started raining. At first, it was only raining in a few little spots. And the wife who was, because she was sitting then just slumped in a chair. and But there was nothing I could do right. apart from try and give them directions about what we could possibly do. Now, she then I managed to get containers from the kitchen. And she was running around putting these containers... <laughs> God, it's such a terrible thing. She was putting containers under all these leaks, but it began to rain literally everywhere in the apartment. And, God, it's so bad. And all the art. So, wait, the walls filled up, and then the roofs filled up, and now there's leaks springing well, it's raining, the apartment. basically. Okay. Yep. It's raining through through every... It, it's just rat shit. It's coming down not... through all the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's trying to put containers underneath these these cascading leaks until mm-hmm. she basically ran out of containers. The the floor was starting to look like a, a shallow pool. Right. And I'm trying to... I, I've still got my finger in this... I mean, what do I do? And then I, I said, look, you need to get the engineers. I said... And then I began to think... As a firefighter, I had a bit of a brainwave. Sure. And then I realized, I said, look, go down into the car park, which FYI, fun fact, everyone, the car park was starting to flood. So this is a major incident. (laughs) Now, I have created the most terrible situation. I want to basically not be anywhere. And and I'm beginning to realize that my my policy had had lapsed and... um, I said to him, I said, you've got to run downstairs. You've got to find like this massive stop valve where you can actually, which is illegal to do, you need to turn the entire system off. You need to to shut the water down. And he he went away, the wife's crying and blubbering. And I couldn't actually tell she was crying because she was wet because of the rain. And, oh, God. Anyway, he came back and he's just losing it. He's He's... He's swearing like a like a man possessed. And he said, I found the room, I f- but it's locked. It's got this cage and it's padlocked, which is kind of the right thing to do as well. Mm. Somehow or other, Paul, knowing that it was a brand new building and there were still apartments that was kind of in the final inspection phase where owners start to move in, but there were still defects, etc. And somehow or other, I came up with this brainwave for him to get in touch with this the builders or the whoever it was, and eventually, about half an hour later, so my my left arm was I was ratchet, yeah. And but what I did, I, I kind of can I just say this to you, and I I I kind of did a deal where I said to him, I said we need to come up with a plan. I said, 
I can't believe I said this and I can't believe he agreed to it, but I said, I need to, you to say that you drilled the hole. For the insurance? For the insurance. Because it's... Yeah, right. Plus, I mean, let's face it, he's, you know, pretty much the head of a church. He doesn't pay any goddamn tax. So, you know, he can afford mm, it, right? Mm. So I just but said, you, look... But you, but you cannot. You'd be ruined. No, I'd be, be ruined. I'd be ratchet. I, I'd okay. be on the street. Yeah. And um, so then... I made I made a pact with him. I said, if you basically take the rap, I couldn't believe I was saying it, but I was so desperate. I still had my finger in the wall. I'm having this conversation with this guy, pretty high up in the in a particular denominational church, and I said, look, I will. If you take the rap, I will come back and I will hang the entire collection for nothing. Mm-hmm. I did the deal, and he said, yes, I, I will do that. So. He, and now, if I can just say this at this juncture, it turns out that this pipe was not on the plans because later on, they brought the engineering drawings out and it was, there was no pipe on the plan. This pipe was an anomaly that shouldn't have been there. And then that began to make everyone feel, including me, pretty bloody good insofar as liability and the entire situation so i didn't actually need to have done that deal but i stuck to my word the repairs to the piano and i don't know what happened with the vellum music but um the place was in it took months probably four months for them to contact me again because what they had to do they had to jackhammer basically a large section of the wall around the little hole to find out what on earth had happened. And it turns out that someone had done something. They'd just taken it upon themselves to to put this pipe in a spot that it should never have been there. It was not as per the plans. And they had to sort of fix everything up and then render, paint, and then I came back. And I spent an entire day doing this job for nothing and I kind of when I got the facts about the pipe being in the wrong place a a small part of me had a little bit of kind of resentment because it was a prick of a job and the job was worth probably about a thousand dollars to me and everything was sorted insurance wise and I was kind of anyway look so I I, I was I'm a man of my word and I and I, I did the job and uh and it was a good result. But there's a story, and I have got a lot of stories. So if people feel that they might like to occasionally hear, I mean, they're not all like that, of course. They're lots of uh, interesting stories pertaining to picture hanging. That was Look, honestly, that was pretty crazy. I'm, mm. um, I'm really glad you told it to us. And uh, Jesus Christ, well, I guess I... Uh... I guess the lesson here is always check the plans before you drill. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, sadly all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed the picture hanging story and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. And Dad, uh, I understand we have a few tickets left for the live show over in Melbourne at the podcast festival. Not many. Not many. No. So I, I cannot wait to come down, see you and Tegan, mm-hmm. get up on stage and just stand there. Spirit, well, you got to do some talking as well. We'll do some banter, but yes, mm. really, if you haven't got your tickets, grab them because there's not many left. So we're you know filling up very fast. 
and we we can't wait to see you there. We can't wait to get back on stage, and we're looking forward to next week's episode of Loose Units. So have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye. Cheerio. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.